Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I'm joined by the amazing, inspirational Michael J. Russ. I want to say welcome, Michael. I hope you're enjoying the most beautiful day ever. I know you always make every day amazing, and uh, I'm sure we have... Today was about, but I made it amazing. <laughs> I make, you, know why, you know why my battles, why my day is amazing? Because regardless of the way it started out, awesome. It had an ebb and flow to it that didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily agree with. However, I know I practice what I preach, and I shifted my focus immediately. And we'll talk about that today. So and now we're ending up with this ending my day, not ending, but my day is flowing into this show, which I love. I love the conversation with you. I love how inspirational you are. And it's make it, it just it's just love. It's just this hour we have is just full of love. It's full of joy. It's full of fun. So um, yeah, that's that's what I love about this. Wonderful. I'm so grateful. <laughs> so I want to um, ask you. I don't know if you ever remember because you you kind of grew up all over the world. But there was a wonderful book that was written called Harold and the Purple Crayon. Are you familiar with that book at all? No. No. So it, it it was a very cute little, very simply illustrated book in black and white, and the only thing that was in color was his little purple crayon. And you know, one evening Harold walked out into the into the night, and there wasn't a moon. So he took his little purple crayon and he drew a moon. And then he decided, well, he didn't really have anywhere to walk on in the moonlight, so he drew himself a path. <laughs> and he drew himself this path that went. Great. And then he thought, well, I'll just draw a shortcut. So he drew himself a shortcut, and then there really wasn't anything going on, so he drew himself a tree. And then this tree was an, an apple tree, and then, oh, my gosh, what was behind the apple tree but this really frightening dragon that he drew? <laughs> and he's like, oh, my gosh, how can I get away from the dragon? And he drew some waves. And then he realized when he got on the waves, he was starting to drown in the ocean. And so what did he do? He drew himself a sailboat. And where did the sailboat took, take him? It took him to a picnic. And it just, it's really sweet. It goes on and on and on. Brilliant. And I just, you know, I thought about it in relation to where we are in the world and how we have the ability to choose the crayons in our crayon box, what we want to draw in, um, he didn't succumb to that dragon that was hiding behind the tree. Instead, on his walk, he chose not to be hopeless, but to be hopeful and to really claim his own power and his own sovereignty to draw and bring into his world what he wanted to have. I mean, it's just the sweetest book. <laughs> I would encourage everybody to, to read it. But I thought it was such a great metaphor for our topic today, because what do we want to draw into our lives? You had some dragons in, in your day, and uh, you chose to navigate, maybe not by sailboat, but by other ways. And I'd love to hear your, your thoughts, Michael, on uh, how different ways that we can really look and transform our lives and reclaim our own personal power if we don't if we don't necessarily have a purple crayon but we have other ways i think number one thank you that was an awesome that that is an awesome book um ought to be standard reading for uh for kids for children um you know books like that and who moved my cheese and other things of that nature that that kind of help um Give a give an analogy that 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 can help people understand that they are the ones in control of their own sovereignty. That's what Who Moved My Cheese was. That's what this Herald and the Purple Crayon absolutely awesome because we have this ability to do anything to feel any way that we want in our lives. And to be honest, today I I, I on a daily basis I am in a constant. Um, I'm constantly exposed to things that I have no control over whatsoever. My whole day is navigating what I what I have no control over, and navigating the emotions that I, that those things I cannot control happen to evoke. And I am 
in a constant state of, of shifting and changing my focus. And this is, this is the interesting thing. Because this has been on my mind more now, and, well, in the last couple of months, because we're uh, in the last couple of years, actually, with the U- Ukraine-Russia thing, and now what's going on with uh, Hamas and Israel. Uh, there are, I heard today about something else with regard to the Armenians and, and, and a possible war breaking out over there. And I'm like, wait a minute. What is going on here? None of this. None of this is is within our control in terms of stopping it or in some way derailing it. All we can really do is focus um, on what we can control. However, your feelings and emotions are constantly ebbing and flowing and boiling over, and you you can get intensely ticked off and, and mad and angry about things that happen, the tragedy, because that's all the news brings you if you're so inclined to watch it, is one tragedy after another or the depth of the tragedy that, that has gone on, and they, they dig deep four, five, eight, ten layers of the depth of the tragedy, and you know every day they've got to bring you <clears throat> something, some nuance of that, uh, some negative nuance of that tragedy to evoke uh, emotion from you so that you will keep watching. That, I noticed something. As soon as Hamas um, invaded Israel, that very day, three top anchors, news anchors from ABC, CBS, CBS, and NBC got on a plane with crews, and they were on the ground in eight hours doing their shows, doing their live stuff. And I'm like... They left. They went, well, wait a minute. Don't they have correspondence? No, no. They wanted to be there themselves because that was the major news story in the world. They knew that the whole idea behind it is they wanted to control what's going on in your mind from ground zero. And I said, hmm, I didn't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. I just sat down, closed my eyes, sent some love and light to that part of the world because that's all I can do. Send love, right. send, send light. Just, just see it, see it, just enveloping the place. That's all I can do. I'm not going to sit around and get all upset by the story, the narrative that they're playing out before me on the internet, social media, because everybody gets all riled up about it. Everybody's got to do something, and that's really what this is all about. We didn't have this 50 years ago. We didn't have the mechanisms that would put this face, face in front of you in front of your face, in a moment, in a second, a split second in social media. So people who are addicted to Twitter or Instagram or any of the social media platforms that are out there, X, I think, uh, is what they call it now, if you're into that, what you're going to get is a face full of a bunch of negativity that you have to literally disengage with not engage with in the first place in order to maintain your sovereignty because all of this sovereignty is about sovereignty is is being in control of your and ruling over your mind your body and your spirit that means it's up to you as an individual to dictate what goes into your mind what comes out of your mind what goes in and out of your body and the connection you have with something greater than you Okay, right. that's, that's what it's about, right? So if we agree with that that's what sovereignty is, and it is everyone's right, every human being's right to, have, to rule over those three things, to be the sovereign ruler, boy, that gets violated on a daily basis when you find yourself being upset about something you've seen, something you've been exposed mm-hmm. to, something someone said to you. This includes your own family. I... Right. Do know some people. I have engaged with friends who whose siblings are just in a constant state of um, attempting to diminish them in any way they possibly can because they've got some grudge. People who are ticked off at their mother or their father, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Moms and, and dads and moms having grudges against each other. They're still married, but they're, they've got this thing going on, and it spills over into the family. And it, it creates discontent, discord, 
negative feelings and emotions. And, you know, Lord, nobody knows how to handle all that. You don't handle all that because you have no control over how to handle it, right? So what do we do? Someone can't ruin your day unless you allow it to happen. Absolutely. No one. Right. So... (laughs) Pretty I'm much, giggling but, because I'm giggling because for whatever reason I got a, a visual in my head of a, a jam stapler. I used to work in an office and there were people who every now and then would get a jam stapler. Now some of the people whose stapler were jammed would open up the stapler and patiently remove the jam staples and then begin their task of stapling again. But there were other people who in their frustration, would just pound and pound and pound on the stapler, trying to get it to work. Mm-hmm. But it's really not about the stapler. It's about maybe their boss you know, called them into the office and said, you know, this wasn't done the way that I wanted it to be done. And the frustration, as you were saying, Michael, the the frustration that grows and grows and grows, and, and then it just explodes. And it really has nothing to do with that silly little stapler that the staples won't come out and where there's an easy solution. And Mm -hmm. I don't know who it was that said it, but they said that, you know, the more you chase the shadows in your life, the more the shadows will appear. And (laughs) I think that's exactly what it is. When we start to, uh, you know, have an issue, something little can snowball into something big. And I had a a very dear cousin of mine who over, we never, nobody ever really knew what she was upset with her father about. And for almost 20 years, she didn't talk to him. And it was a shame because he missed the birth of her child. I mean, later on they reconciled, but they looked at, and they said, oh my gosh, all the good times they had when they reconnected, but all those lost times too over something that neither one of them could really remember. Interesting. And, uh, 20 years is a very long period of time. It is. Um, it is. Although I, I would say it, in, 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 in this world we live in with 8 billion people, it's a common occurrence. People can just, just – listen, we don't – I think about this every day. There's no instruction book for life about how to deal with things. There's no instruction book to tell you to sh- you know shift your focus when you're – when you're engaged and when when you are exposed to something that makes you feel um, negative emotions and feelings, you don't have to feel those negative emotions and feelings. You don't have to feel them to the depth that you do. Society will tell you that if someone if someone dies around you, that you must go through seven steps of grieving. Uh, I say, forget that. Forget that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going through seven steps of grieving. I know that I don't have any control over that particular person's uh, death. And sitting around concerning myself with or uh, focusing on how and why it happened when it did isn't going to bring them back. I would rather focus on laughing and smiling about the experiences that I'm recalling that I had with that person and being mm-hmm. grateful that I had those, that time. It's kind of like what you just said with the story. Yeah, the, the focus of the story was, what about the 20 years you lost? Well, I would actually turn it around and say, what about now? Because you can't get the 20 years right. back. You can talk about the 20 years, and, and, and you can evoke feelings of, uh, of regret or guilt. It doesn't do you any good, because it just contaminates the moment. Instead of focusing on the past, and any regret or guilt you might feel, you don't want to have those feelings in this present moment because they contaminate now. Let's, let's be grateful and let's bring on the love, bring on the happy, the joy, the friendly, and the fun right now with her father. But mm-hmm. you see, this is the way, this is the way stories unfold. When, when, when stories are told in the media or in books, they are uh, of, of true life things, generally. Um, they are told from a perspective that, uh, of the past. And in order to give the reader, help the reader um, experience some sort of emotion or feeling about it, get, a, get a, an emotional connection to what's being written, you do that. 
Because it's really boring to say, ah, yeah, 20 years they didn't see each other, but they saw each other now. Well, then what about the how, what, when, and where, and why of the 20 years? What happened? Nobody cares. Nobody should care. I don't care. And I tell people, I don't care about that. How do you feel today? What's going on in your life right now? What are you focused on presently? I want to know about now. We spend way too much time focused on how and why stuff happened in the past. How we got here is not as important as how we feel right now that we're here in this moment. And this is, this is not happening in the Middle East. It's not happening anywhere else in the world where there's conflict. That conflict is driven, in many cases, by some grievance, tribal or otherwise, in the past. The grievances in Africa, many of them are tribal, practically all of them. Past centuries of tribal distrust, discord, dislike. We have to get to the point where we're here and now. Looking each other in the, in the eye to eye and saying, you know, that doesn't matter. Today, how do we move forward? How do we feel good today? Focus on peace, love, fun, happy, joy, and take that into the future. How do we do that? Because our present creates our future, the past doesn't create the future unless you're talking about dragging the past into the future and all the, all the, basically the negative feelings and emotions that go along with it. And then again, as I said, you contaminate the future. You, you can't change that. I said this morning, I said five Ho'oponoponos, five during my walk, as loud as I could. That's wonderful. You know, because every t- this is what happens. I have made many mistakes in my life. However, my, I do not allow those mistakes to define where I am now, where I am now. I've had divorces. I've had relationship endings. I've, had, uh, I've, I've lost tons of money doing things. Learning things, I should say, learning what I shouldn't have done. The issue is, if I allow the feelings I have about those mistakes or those divorces, the feelings I went through during those divorces, if I let that come into my present moment, then I'm not here. I'm there. Right. I'm not here. And, and, and I want to be here. I want to get up in the morning and see that sunrise, not look at the sunrise and think, gosh, how many sunrises have I missed? Wow. That's not the way to live. The way to live is to enjoy the one that you're present with. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to the beach yet this year. I live a mile and a quarter from it. <laughs> and, oh <my> gosh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I haven't. That, that's what happens. You, you only go to the beach when you're on vacation. Okay, I, I, that's fine. Um, it's not because I need the beach. I live on a golf course. I, I have greenery and pine trees and beautiful surroundings looking out my office window. The point is that if I, if I want the focus of the beach then I've got the focus of the beach. It's there for, my, for the taking. Mm-hmm. I have not needed it, so I haven't been there. You know, people say, oh, I live 5,000 miles from the beach. I wish I was at a beach. Well, I can tell you it's a little bit different if you live at the beach. I'm not on the beach. I've been there. Don't want to be there on the beach. A um, lot of busyness, a lot of, you know, in the vacation community, but I live in a quiet area. But I can go to the beach, and I can park the car, and I can go walk down on it, and I can see the beauty of it and experience it. That's fine. I don't want to do that. Don't need to do that every day. The point I'm saying is that if we get back to the main topic here of transforming your personal power, in we we ourselves, each one of us, needs to know at least. Five things, have five things at the ready. Five, oh, either, let's say you like your backyard. You love the flowers. You love the, the feeling of the, of the grass on your feet. When you have a negative thought that something about something you can't control, when you're experiencing any form of negativity, 
or somebody has said something, or you've seen something that has has disrupted your uh, your your happy feelings, you must go and do something. If it's walking in the grass, take off your shoes and go walk in the grass. Focus on the feeling. Let the, let that go. Let that dissipate. Right. Take your sh- move your focus as quickly as possible. Shift it. Pivot it. Boom. Quick. Right here on a dime. As Carol said, yeah, I love writing utensils. I like I like writing pens. Always have. I like watches. I look at my watch and say, wow, I love that. I love the way this looks on my arm. I love this orange band, and I like the big numbers. You know, I just I just like that. Anything that shifts your focus to something that makes you feel differently. Right. I was talking about that in a podcast. That is a that's that's the alchemy you want to be using. This is a t- alchemy is a tool. It's transformation. And if you shift your focus, if you see something on TV that you that makes you feel sad, angry, turn it off and or shift change the channel. Boom. Change the channel to something that doesn't. Something that is completely different. That doesn't take you down your mind down that train. Now you I'd love you to tell our audience why this is really, really important, because you, you had talked about this last night in one of the sessions, the classes that you take with Carol Collins. But please explain that to our audience, why this is important. Share that with them. Uh, well, first, Michael, I just want to comment, because you, you are so graceful. And, and when you were speaking about um, the challenges you've had and the mistakes that you've made. And one of the things that really it brought to mind is how you forgive yourself and you don't judge yourself. And that's when you can heal. You can heal from whatever it is and you have self-love and you know that it's okay. These are things that you have worked through. You kind of, you know, maybe not everything is comfortable. I mean, not everything in life has to be comfortable, but like as you said, you change the channel, you pivot, whatever it is. Um, it, it, you know, you, there is always a way to welcome in more love into your life, and I think that that includes self-love. And so, one of the the intuitives—it wasn't Carol, but it was somebody else—they said, with everything that's going on in the world, just blanket it with love. Just throw a huge love blanket, not in an area, all over the planet. Yeah, blanket it. Love and on something. I love on everything. Love mm-hmm. on anything that you can find. Yeah. Anything, you know, turn anything it close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and true. so last, yeah, and so last night I was in. I I absolutely love being a part of Carol Collins, the American Medium Self-Healing class. It's the Art of Self-Healing. And the the collective channel, and they bring forth uh, lots of wonderful techniques to heal. And, and it's not always physical healing. Uh, a lot of times it's emotional healing. One of the simple things that, you know, we do for ourselves when we are shocked, we kind of place our hands on our heart, and we do that intuitively, each and every one of us. We don't have to have a channel to tell us that, that when we hold our own hearts, that there is something really powerful in that. And uh, Carol had invited a group of individuals to, to join the class, and there was uh, some comments in the chat that were not very kind. But the whole class, there was a group of individuals who have been in Carol's classes for a long time and people that were new to the classes. And it was very interesting how the collective at the end chose to address all of the questions that were on the chat and actually speak to that one individually. And the way that they handled it was the difference between being friendly and unfriendly and how oftentimes that when we are unfriendly, it's because of something lacking, a past hurt that we, like that stapler, right? You know, we're lashing out. We're taking it out on something that's not even, you know, it's just a, it's just a poor little stapler. But how will we react to something? And we are doing it without thought or caring to that other person that we are lashing out against. And, and I don't think that I know how I felt um, just when I saw the, the comment and I thought, oh, my gosh, 
I don't, I, I was, you know, thinking to myself, you know, Carol is a channel, but she's still a person and there's, it was hurtful. And I think everybody that knows her and knows what a kind person she is and what a service she does um, felt that and were sort of waiting on bated breath, like, please don't, you don't want somebody to see something. That's our human nature for those that care about somebody. You don't want to see another person hurt. And I truly believe that that's part of who we are internally. And yeah, I, it just, in and to, what listen to what the collective had to say about that and to feed more love into the grid and to recognize that even with that individual that you know these were it affected each person in that class and the message was again to reclaim that sovereignty go back and love on something love on something love on something and really crowd out those other feelings because how you are feeding the grid with quantity really does make a difference. And and I, I think that you could say that in, in any situation. It just takes one person to start laughing in a movie theater. <laughs> you know, everybody is giggling and laughing. And, uh, or clapping. It, it just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah Listen, um, I, I'm going to say this about that. One of the things that we all have, we all have a choice every day as to whether to be, um, you know, to experience and, and go through the day with peace and love and joy and friendly and fun and happy uh, or not. We can choose the opposite. In, in, in just about every case where uh, someone has uh, exploded at me for one thing or another, um, either yelling or this or that, it wasn't what happened. What happened was the straw that broke the camel's right. back. It was the threshold that had been reached. There was something else. There's always something else um, that is, has been eating away and festering for some period of time. Relationships are like this. Somebody can say something. Somebody can do something. You don't say anything at the time. You just let it build. You, you try to bury it and say, uh, tell yourself it doesn't matter uh, when you haven't processed it properly. You haven't shifted your, your perception of it. It's like you... You deem it as negative, uh, don't change that perception of, of, of negative, and then you just bury it. Well, all that does is put a thought bubble out there, and mm-hmm. that thought bubble just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You might say the bubble doesn't exist, but it does exist. That neg- that What you say and what you think go out, and they begin to manifest. And if you have a thought about, if someone says something to you that is unfriendly or maybe unkind for whatever reason, and you're never, ever going to know the reason, you have to let them know that they are actually doing it in a very loving way. Right. You know, I, that didn't, that didn't um, I don't know if that came across the way, I don't, I'm not familiar with whether you know how that came across, what you just said. It seemed to be a little bit... Um, you know, angry and unfriendly. And that's the way I would put it. It's not like you did this, you did that. It's like, I don't know if you, you know, think that, I don't know if you are familiar with how that came across. That came across as angry and, or, and unfriendly. Are you aware of that? Is that the way you meant it to be? And put them on spot. Is that the way you meant it to be? And let them think about it. Let them take it back and kind of chew it up a little bit. And because this is what happens in social media all the time, and this reason why social media is such a problem. People can say things um, anonymously without having to have any accountability for what they say. They can actually create a, a hidden persona where they can go out and they start tearing people up. And the unfortunate thing about youth is the youth and the kids and their impressionable ages, they think this is real. They think it's real. They think that what they're saying about them is true. It's not true. It's just somebody got a stick, you know, up their craw, and they didn't, and and they're just taking it out in the world. Somebody ticked them off somewhere. Somebody said they couldn't do something when they wanted to, and now they're going to go out and they're going to hurt somebody else because they can't do. You don't know the reason. This is what I tell people. Don't focus so much on the reason. Just know that it's not you. It's something else. If you mm-hmm. if your if your 
versed enough to be able to sit down and have the conversation like I just said. Are you aware that what you what you said was on the unfriendly and angry side? Are you aware of that? Is that the way you meant it to be? If you if you confront them in a loving way and you say that, and you're versed at, and at, at being able to do that, that's what I do. You know, because I've been doing it for years. If you have that capability without invoking, without engaging any emotion yourself, in other words, no judgment from a loving perspective, you know, that didn't, you're not allowing it to hurt you. This is a very interesting topic because it takes, these are things that take time to develop. The person who said the unfriendly comment, the person who said the unfriendly comment um, last evening needed to be confronted with that in a loving way so they could have a growth moment. Because whatever it was that affected them away from the conversation in some other part of their life that made them feel this way, or maybe they remembered something that, that had hurt them and now they're going to just espouse unfriendliness to other people, they need to be made aware of how their comments are being taken by other people. I don't like to say, Mm -hmm. it's how you made me feel. Do you know how you made me feel? How that makes me feel when you say that? Because (laughs) that's relinquishing my own sovereignty. Nobody has the right to make me feel one way or the other. I make that decision. And we all have to come to the point in our lives when that is what we're saying to ourselves. I Mm -hmm. am the one making the decision of how I feel about this. Now, doesn't mean you don't feel it. You do feel a certain way when people, you know, stab at you or say something angry or they're whatever. You do feel something temporary because we're all human. The point is, how quickly can you pivot away from that? How quickly can you can you uh, alchemically move? Can you use alchemy, some element of alchemy, to move, shift your focus, to not feel that way, right? And and that is that's the, the the key. That is the absolute key. And we all need to find need to in our own way find the way that that can happen for us. It's it's mm-hmm. how fast. It's not. It's it's interesting because I did a I just did a podcast about alchemy uh, on on life moves and I did an episode and it's alchemy is so personal. Alchemy is is such a cool concept. Yeah, because there are many tools that can be used in many different ways. But the whole idea is you're not trying to become a, 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 an unemotional robot. You're not trying to get rid of your emotions or get rid of your reactions or anything like that. We all have reactions. We all have a – when something happens, we all go, ooh, and ah, and oh, my gosh. Yeah, we have that reaction. The question is, how quickly can you pivot away from the ooh, ah, oh, that's so terrible, blah, 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 that's so sad, to – not right mm-hmm. how can, how quickly can you shift that perception how quickly can you shift those those thoughts and those feelings to something that's more neutral or positive and there's something that i wanted to say about what you said earlier in terms of forgiveness we have to forgive ourselves for the feelings that we have when and we have to do this in real time and that's one of the one of the alchemy. Forgiveness is a tool of alchemy. That it's 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 one of the top tools for for moving yourself forward in life. Because we all make mistakes, we all think certain things. So whenever you, our audience, I'll tell our audience here on PR and FM, whenever you're feeling, whenever you feel, um, you have this reaction. You feel negative. Something you've done. Something you've thought. Forgive yourself for having that feeling. It's a form. It's it's a. It's part of the process of transforming that feeling. You have to forgive yourself that you felt that anger, that sadness, or um, whatever, that grief, or that regret, whatever it is. You, you, you have thoughts in your head. You have experiences. And right. when, you have, when you think of them, forgive yourself for them. That's what I was Absolutely. doing this morning. I, was, I, had, I had some thoughts in my head about, um, that came up about something that happened 12 years ago. And... Instead of reliving them, I simply said, I simply let them go through Oponopono. That's it. I just said, I, I literally, walking down this road, there's no one else but me, I said, 
I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, I thank you, over and over and over until that thought was totally out of my head. You can sing it. I love, I, I'm so grateful you brought that practice up again, Michael, because I, I find myself doing that as well. And, you know, Len Haleakalak, he, he was the one who sort of brought that Hawaiian tradition back into into practice. And yeah. when you do that, and it's so simple, and you realize that it's not about healing those other people, it's not about forgiving those other people, it's forgiving no. yourself. No. And as you yeah. heal what is inside of you, that is what is healing. And, and you know, good for you. I'm, I, I just, I really uh, admire you for that. And, and, you know, as you were speaking, Michael, it, when you were speaking about being able to have the courage to speak with somebody to say, no, this is, let's take a step back here. That's not what this is about. I mean, that takes a lot of bravery. And it takes a lot of courage to become an observer in a situation like that, not feeling bad or guilty or fearful. You actually angry. say, you know what, or angry, absolutely, yeah. or angry. And, you know, I re- mm-hmm. Yeah, I refuse to own that. That is not who I am. And let's have a conversation about this. Now, the other person, how they react in response, that, that, you can't control that. You can no. only be responsible for you and your own happiness and your own decision and your own behavior. And it's that alignment. And, and if they do walk away, then Haponopono would be absolutely appropriate. Yeah, for um, you. And, and if, yeah, <laughs> and if they do walk away, look, look for the good in it. Well, maybe it didn't turn into a fist fight. And maybe it didn't turn into this. And maybe it didn't turn into that. And maybe when they got home, but you have to be completely unattached to whatever outcome. Exactly. You can only so be true. responsible for you. And right. as you, and, mm-hmm. and as no, you said, you know, there it is. It's so, so powerful. And, and in that situation, you know, there is, um, there is love. I mean, love of self, love of that other person, love of letting go. I mean, letting go, that's, that's, yeah, I put that movie on for the dogs and I got to listen to that song in, in all these different languages. And I just played over and over and over again. And I'm like, let it go, let it go, let it go. And, and sometimes, and, and I'll tell you, because I had, I had a really good moment in my week this week. Um, I overbooked myself. I actually said, oh, no problem. I will meet you and do this thing with you at six o'clock on Monday. And guess what? I already had plans. And so I, I had to, would have been easy to do the unbrave thing or whatever, or the thing that wasn't true to my integrity and call and say, you know what? I don't feel well. Can we reschedule? That would be a lie. That would not be true. Yeah. And so, it's a little white lie, right? Right. Right. But, Instead, I called the, the woman, and she was so lovely, and I said, I can't believe I did this. I booked myself, and she said, well, can you just come earlier? And I said, sure. That's how easy it was. And, and then I said, well, I'm meeting these other two people for dinner. I've been trying to get together with them for over a year. I really hate to cancel, but I would love for you to join us. I'm sure it would be okay, and I reached out, and guess what? After her session... We had such amazing dinner, and it went well into the evening. And none of that would have been possible if I had not stood in my integrity and forgiven myself for my mistake. We all we all do that. And reached out. We all do that. Reached out and communicated. And, communicated. Mm-hmm. Well, how many times we, we, we don't do that? We, we think... We, as human beings, we want to think the worst. Oh, they're going to feel so bad. They're going to. They're, they're not going to. Uh, they're not going to like me. They're, not, they're going to think I'm lying. They're going to think. You know. You know what? You don't know what they're right. thinking. Um, and and the best thing to do. I had a friend who called me this morning. I've been trying to. We talk to each other. We catch up every uh, every couple of months. And uh, he was supposed to catch up with me a couple of weeks ago. And he said, I'll, I'll check with you on Monday. And, but he didn't. I didn't concern myself with it. I didn't think to myself, oh, where is he? Why didn't he call? Oh, my gosh, you know, he's a liar. He's this. And, no. Uh-uh. He said, I, I assume that everybody in my life that I know is busy. And they, 
if he didn't call me, I, it wasn't that he had to call me. There wasn't some time he was supposed to call me. I said, look, in the morning is, is, is best if you give me a buzz. And, you know, if he didn't talk to me for a couple of weeks, I didn't, I, I keep moving on. I have learned, I have learned in my life not to set my watch by other people. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, <laughs> it's imperative that you, that we all, um, when someone says they're going to be there at 6, don't take it at their word that they're going to be there at 6. They might be there before or they might be there after 6. If there's something that happens exactly at 6, and I was, let's put it this way, I say, look, if you're going to, we're going to meet you at the theater at 6. Great. Um, who has the tickets? I have your ticket. Well, if I have your ticket and you're not there, if you're not there at 6, I'll leave it at the will call window for you so that my time there is not interrupted, so that I'm not standing around waiting and missing the show because something happened, right, because you didn't make it there on time. I would figure out some way. And this is something we plan kind of like in advance. If there's you got, you got digital now, so you've got digital tickets, and you can actually send them a digital ticket, and they can have it on their phone, and they can get in on their own. When you mm-hmm. have, if, if you're going to get together, it's, it's about planning, it's about making sure that you're being a sovereign and you're taking care of yourself because you're not responsible for other people and what they think and what they do. And you're right about something. We have to release our attachment to that fact. We, we, we have this, uh, some of us are caretakers and we want to take care of people. We want to make sure that, that, uh, that what they do is, is that they're having a great time and that they have great experiences in life. Well, there's nothing wrong with that except when it gets to the point where you deny yourself happiness and fun and joy, when you make it a chore, you want to make it a chore. It is not a chore. It's something that you either love doing or you don't. And if you don't love doing it, then you have to figure out a way of changing it so that you continue to love, <laughs> have those feelings mm-hmm. of love. And that's, that's really what we, what we really honestly have to do. And it's not, it, nowadays it's, it's, it's so easy for us to become involved and want to uh, depend on other people. We have to get stronger. We have to get stronger ourselves. We have to um, forgive ourselves, I would say, in real time. I like to apply uh, Ho'oponopono in real time, real time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait two hours or the end of the day or tomorrow or next week because we have a, we as humans... Every day we're making mistakes. Every day we're making mistakes at one thing or another. We say something we don't mean. We have, a, have feelings that we really, uh, that we experience that we have to let go. Things that we did, something we failed at. Could be small, could be large. All the time we have these things that we do that aren't exactly correct because it's life and we're learning as we go. So forgiveness needs to be a tool that we apply in the moment so that we don't continue to muck up our grid, <laughs> right? We don't right. Wanna, we want to, we don't want to carry, it's like, I, I used to have this analogy 20 years ago where it was like a, every time you have a negative feeling or emotion that you don't let go, it's like putting a brick in your backpack and by the end of the day, it gets pretty heavy oh if you don't gosh. let this stuff go, right? It gets pretty yeah, heavy. Yeah, have a sore back. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna be weighted down by this. You get home and you're like, oh my gosh, you flop down on the on the couch, and you still got the backpack on, but you're down on the couch now, and you're, oh, all I want to do is just have a drink and just kick back and watch some z- zombie thing on TV that I don't have to think about, right? Um, <laughs> you know, something mindless, uh, which is you know some some drama. Uh, that that uh, that unfolds where somebody else is having pain and trouble and, and problems, uh, and and that's really what what people do. Bottom line is, you can easily, by practicing self forgiveness, on a moment to moment basis, keep those bricks out of your backpack. Just literally, literally, just disappear those bricks when they when they occur. Keep them from happening in the first place. That's the, the optimum thing to do is to recognize when you're having those feelings or recognizing when something didn't go well and forgiving yourself in that moment. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm, I, I love you. I thank you. 
Um, okay, great. So that as many times as you need to, so that thought dissipates, that experience dissipates, your feelings about that experience dissipate, right? And then you move on to something else. You move mm-hmm. on. You know, because nobody's perfect. Life is an unfolding adventure. And we're all going to say things that we don't necessarily mean because sometimes we don't know what to say. We don't know how to say them. And um, it's good to preface things sometimes. You know, I don't know if this came out right. I don't know if that came, if you said something, I don't know if that came out right. Um, I didn't mean it to be unloving or unkind. I just, and, and if I have to restate it, that's fine. But I don't, I would like for you to, to know that it wasn't meant to be that way. We can do that. Diplomacy in conversation is, uh, that should be a class on its own that people um, actually take, are forced to take early in life. Nobody knows how to say anything anymore to people. They just You're right. explode, you know, explode mm-hmm. uh, with whatever it is. And most, most of the people that I know, they let things just, you know, fester in their mind until they reach a point where someone does something. And, and I'll, let me give you an example of this. this is really interesting because we all have, we all know people who are negative. We all know people who are negative. I call them, uh, I don't want to say, they're, 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 they're downers, okay? They, they see the, the downside of things, the negative side of things instead of the positive side of things. Uh, a taxi comes, and even though it was, um, it was arranged quickly within a couple of minutes, it was, it was five minutes late, and they focus on the five minutes late instead of the fact that they were able to get a taxi that fast in the first place. So when, when that happens, we have to focus. We have to focus on what is the most positive time. We have to focus on, on being on what's going on at that particular moment and say, ah, okay, this particular person, we know this person is like this. This person happens to be uh, someone who is, who's going to see the dark side of things. We can choose to ignore it. That's the first thing that we can do. We can choose to ignore it. And if we, which is a very, very positive response, choose to ignore it. Um, that's pretty much the extent of it. I do that, and I also uh, like to just change the conversation. You know, just change the conversation, um, and it, that happens as well. That uh, that is those two things are the easiest things to do. And I have a friend that I had to do that with for a few weeks as we were off traveling. They would always pick the negative side of things to look at, the negative side of the coin. And I'm the person who sees the positive side of the coin. And I was not going to allow someone else to disrupt my feelings, my awesome feelings about what I'm experiencing at the time by saying something or acting a certain way that is, that's seeing the downside, seeing the negative side of things. So I think that it's, 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 it behooves all of us to see life as an opportunity for growth. Absolutely. Michael, you make it a habit, you know, and that's the thing. I I think even myself, you know, you sort of observe, and as you're observing your thoughts, if you go into a space that is the opposite of positive, you pivot because you don't want more of that. You don't want to attract in more opposite of positive things. You want to experience joy. Yeah. And you really you monitor that, I think. You really do. And then you align your feelings with that. And maybe if you wouldn't mind just explaining to the audience, when you do the practice of Ho'oponopono, and I can certainly share my experience, but since you just did it this morning, what, how would you say you feel after you incorporate that practice? Well, you feel awesome because I can tell you what you mm-hmm. don't feel. You don't feel... Um, you don't experience the thoughts, the thoughts that you were having uh, that were making you feel less than uh, from something that happened in the past, you, they dissipate, they disappear. Mm-hmm. Because what you're focusing on, you're, you know you're telling this to yourself. And it, the reason I say, say it as many times as you have to is that you're using it as a, a, a mechanism, a, a form of alchemy that can help you pivot. 
It's not like you say it one time and, okay, it works. Sometimes you have to say it three or four times, five times, six times. I'll say it ten sometimes. I don't really care. I just keep saying it. I say it because it, it, I say it until it feels really, really good. That may be once, that may be ten times, but I say it. And in, a, in saying it, we have to understand that we're speaking to ourselves. I put my hand on my heart. When I say I love you, I put my hand on my heart. I love you. That's I thank beautiful. You. you know, and that, that is, and this is a personal thing. Nobody I know in my life knows I do this. It's not for me to share with other people. Say, oh, why don't you do this? You know, I do this. No, 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 no. I'll tell people on it in a podcast, and if they listen to the podcast, that's great. Um, I'm very particular about how I share um, alchemy with people that I know in the same way that I don't necessarily discuss my goals, my dreams um, with with everyone. I share them with mm-hmm. specific people that I know, uh, like you and a couple of others in my life, that I know are on the same track as me from an awareness perspective, where I know they're not dealing with a lot of baggage, right? Uh, or have specific thoughts about specific things, particular things. So it's um, who are aligned with me from a, uh, a spiritual perspective um, I will, and an awareness perspective, uh, even an entrepreneurial perspective, uh, because not everyone is can be an entrepreneur because it, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of um, – you have to work on your mind as much as you're working on your business. You have to work on your mind, your positivity. You have to be optimistic. You have to have something that that uh, my guide told me, which is positive expectations. Mm-hmm. You've got to yeah. train yourself to have positive expectations about yourself and the day, about everything, about what you see, what you're exposed to on a daily. From the moment you wake up, you got to have positive expectations. I set those. First thing in the morning, I have to. The mm-hmm. alternative doesn't really make you doesn't feel good. No. Sort of the opposite. And, of, I was going to say, and you continue to feed yourself that throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, really, truly. Yeah. I know yeah. you. I mean, it's yeah. it's what you you know you're going to put the top down on your convertible, and that feels good. I'll and take a drive. Can, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. By the way, Carol loves. Take a drive too. It helps her clear her head. Carol Collins loves to to drive, get in her car and drive, um, and and her guide likes her to get in the car and drive. Um, I get a special feeling when I take the top down on a beautiful day and I take a drive. Um, I can. I it could be a little bit cool outside. I'll turn the heater on. It could be hot outside. I'll turn the air conditioner on. Um, and have that blow on me while I'm driving. Uh, as long as I don't have to sit at too many stoplights. Um, <laughs> it becomes an oven. Mm-hmm. But the the important thing here by this conversation um, is that we all, life, life, we must continue to evolve our thinking because we are accepted. We have to accept our sovereignty, that we are sovereigns. We have a right, every right, to control our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. We have that right. And that's not controlling somebody else's thoughts, feelings, and actions, which is what a lot of people feel they have the right to do. And we have to watch it. I'm very alert to thought viruses. So when someone is saying something that they want me to believe, I believe in reason. I say, does that resonate with me? I'm not going to just take things at face value. I I recognize when somebody is saying something that if I begin to believe it myself, it might evoke negative feelings and thoughts within me. Don't want that. Don't want that. It it may be their opinion. I just have to remain disengaged from it, detached Mm -hmm. from it. It is their opinion. It's what they think. In this politically charged world we live in, whether we're in the U.S. or elsewhere, it's all ruled by thought viruses. People are, are, are puppets to what they see, what they hear, and what others 
thoughts and feelings being espoused by other people. That is right. that is the it is the problem. We've got a bunch of people who are not being sovereigns. They have relinquished mm-hmm. their sovereign right to think and feel and to control what goes into their head. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's <laughs> it's I can't concern myself with them. All I can do is concern myself with me. Yeah. Wayne Dyer, who wrote The Power of Intention, talked about that. He said, you know, and and I don't remember all the examples he used, but he said that at one point in the United States history, we were supposed to hate the British. And then the British were okay, and then we were supposed to hate the French. And then the French were okay, but then we were supposed to hate the Germans, and so on and so on and so on. I mean, all of these different times in history and we're told who to hate rather than who to love and he always would bring it back to the prayer of saint francis let me be an instrument of thy peace and i subscribe to that more than anything i just think that that is beautiful how can i serve how can i be an instrument of peace and for for you and i and i love the practice too haponopono is an instrument of peace in my opinion it is. Because I agree with you're, you. You're yeah. healing yourself. You're forgiving yourself. You're thanking yourself. You're loving yourself. You're finding and allowing that space where that peace can reside within. When peace resides within, it radiates without. You know, it radiates everywhere from you. People see you and they're like, hey, you know, who are you? Like that's, I, and I know that you get that a lot. Who are you, Michael? Who are you? Yeah. They feel the are that. You? When you yeah, say something that, that resonates, yeah, when you say something that resonates with people in the moment because you're kind of sensing where they're at emotionally, and all I actually do is just help them pivot their thoughts. That's all I do is just sort of interject something that can help them do what they should be doing anyway. I'm not telling mm-hmm. them to do something. I'm not telling them what to do. I am simply interjecting some thoughts that can allow them to arrive at the conclusion that the pivot is necessary, that the pivot is possible, that we, could, that we, yeah. we can actually do that. Um, the fact that, that uh, Ho'oponopono is, uh, is, a, is a fabulous tool. And I was thinking about <laughs> love. Love versus the opposite. You know, we talk, you're just stating the fact that, uh, you know, you, you, you have a choice to embrace love or embrace the, the, the negativity and the drama. When people, the thing about the antithesis of love is that it spreads faster. If you want somebody to come join you in doing something, you're more likely going to get them to come do something with you if you spread a thought virus, a negative thought virus about someone or something. You're more likely to get them to come join you. That's been proven psychologically, and there are a dozen books about it, which is, which is a problem. That is the problem. It's like mm-hmm. if you offer someone love or you offer someone hate, hate works faster than love. And that's a problem in our world. And I, I, I don't know if I'm here to solve that problem. All, all I know is that this show is called Connect to Love, and that is what we encourage our listeners to do is to uh, think and act, speak from love instead of its antithesis. And to think about love instead of the opposite every time, to engage life that way. That is definitely, and to recognize when someone is attempting to coerce you one coerce you in one way or another with hate or anger or negativity in some way. I mean that's how it spreads. You get people to come your way, come come do this because you know because if you don't, this will happen to you. The avoidance sale, right? You want to avoid this, come with me. You know, you want to, and you're going to get a lot of people because they don't, they're afraid that you're working off fear, right? So anyway, I think we've got uh, about 45 seconds left to go and um, in the show. (laughs) Uh, And I want to say to our audience that I hope that what you've heard today is is really helped. And Ho'oponopono, 
let's if you want to end the show with Pono Pono, let's do that. Um, Please. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. I thank you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. I thank you. That is it. That is the way that you move forward on a daily basis. All right? Thank you. 